0: Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to... Probably want to hang out in the book of Exodus the most. I'm going to start in the book of Galatians, and then we'll hang out a lot in the book of Exodus, starting in chapter seven. First one, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I want you to get that in your, in your spirit It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So this is speaking to that when you become a Christian, there are things that God brings you out of that are considered slavery, being enslaved, being restricted, limited, devalued, uh, dehumanized. And when God sets you free, it's for freedom's sake. He, he doesn't set you free to go back to that and then to call that freedom. Anybody ever heard anybody say something like this? Well, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have to go to church. That's true. That's true. But that's not, you are set free for freedom's sake, right? The world doesn't go to church on Sunday. Are you here? Am I right about it? They don't go to church. They don't want to be at church. They don't have no need to be at church. So when you're set free, it's for freedom's sake. Okay. What about this? Well, basically I'm going to let my life look as much like the world. I'm going to live as much like the devil as I can, but I'm free to do that because I'm a Christian. That's, that's returning back to slavery. That's not what freedom looks like. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you lost your salvation. I'm not saying you don't go to, not going to heaven. I'm not saying God doesn't love you. I'm not saying that I'm saying this verse is about freedom, not salvation. And there's a difference. You can be saved and not free. Anybody know any Christians that are still bitter? Anybody know any Christians that are still angry? Anybody know any Christians that they can't see the good in anything? Just criticize everything. Anybody know any Christians still addicted? So they're saved, but they're not free. That could be you, but that's what the verse says here. It says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't let that be you stand for yourself and don't go back to that slavery. Well, the best place that we can kind of dig into the dictionary of what maybe slavery looks like. Biblically speaking would be in the book of Exodus. So let's look at chapter seven and verse 13, and then we'll just talk for a little bit. Let Pharaoh's heart become our Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen to them. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go, go to Pharaoh in the morning, as he goes out to the river and confront him on the bank of the Nile. Let's stop there. Jesus speak to us through your word and we all said, amen. You can be seated once again, Nope, stand back up, no, sit back down. (laughs) This could be fun. This This could be a fun service. I want to talk to you about plaguing your Pharaoh, how to plague your Pharaoh. If you know this, but Pharaoh is alive and well and is alive in every single person in this room. You have your personal Pharaoh. You could call it the old King of your previous life, but it's that nature, that lower nature. The Bible refers to it as your flesh. Really Pharaoh is a picture in scripture of our flesh. It's the mindsets that enslaved us, limited us and devalued us. So we're not speaking about the devil necessarily, though the devil plays on our flesh. We're not talking about evil or the world or those people that you don't like. That's not who we're referring to. We're referring to the enemy within your in a me, the in a me that which is on the inside of you. This is Pharaoh is a self-generated, a self-perpetuated idea. This is something that the Bible teaches. When you become a Christian, you don't have to live under the authority of that spirit any longer. And when you look at Pharaoh here in the verse that we read in Exodus chapter seven, it says that this Pharaoh was unyielding. So Pharaoh is a repelling force. It's a resisting force. It's a negative thing. It's there to shove you back, to distract you, to push you back and prevent you from living in the freedom that Christ sets you free to live. Now the direction of freedom is not north, south, east, and west. Biblically speaking, the direction of freedom is upward. It's vertical. It's reaching to the high place, the high mark of Christ Jesus. It's elevating your life. You, you could look at it like uh, as they say, taking the high road. It's making a decision to not live in the lower nature of life but to elevate above the lower and the lower way of things. It's fear. It's worry. It's doubt. It's hate. it's It's all kinds of of things that, that are, are just low in nature, easy to gravitate to just being critical, being negative, uh, any type of temptation, uh, lust, all this stuff. It's our lower nature, but you got to elevate above that. That's where, where mercy is. That's where grace is. That's where courage is. That's where bravery, you know, you, you got to elevate above. And the point is this, anytime there's vertical movement, Pharaoh is there to push you down, to pull you back, because when you go up, you are getting free from that lower nature. And Pharaoh is not going to just let you experience freedom without doing something to try to stop you. And so you have to learn how to plague your Pharaoh. You have to learn how to plague your flesh so it doesn't keep you bound and enslaved, you're free in Christ, but now you're returning back to the attitudes, the behaviors, the mindsets, the life that Jesus set you free from when you gave your life to him. You don't have to be that way. It is your obligation actually to enact your own internal revolution against your Pharaoh. A private insurrection has to happen every single day in your own skull, an uprising where you make a decision. I'm going to free myself from the tyranny of the Pharaoh that destroyed my life or tried to destroy my life before Christ. Thankfully, the Bible teaches us exactly how to plague our pharaoh. To give you some background here, the story you might remember is in Genesis, a famine hits the land and God had given Joseph an interpretation to Pharaoh's dream right before this famine hit of seven skinny cows and seven fat cows and the seven skinny cows represented time of famine and the seven fat cows represented the time of plenty. And the interpretation that Joseph gave the Pharaoh is God is saying that we're living in a time of plenty and we have to store up for the time of famine. And so the Pharaoh in Egypt did exactly that when the famine hit, Israel had not prepared for the famine. And so they had to come to Egypt, come to the Pharaoh and had to ask him for bread. We're in a famine. We can't survive. We we, we, we can't live. We're dying. We need bread. And so the Pharaoh said, okay, give me all your money. Give me all your gold. Give me all your possessions. So, so they gave him all their wealth and he gave them bread. Sometime later, they had ran out of everything and they came back and they said, we're dying. We're starving. The famine's not over. We, we need some more bread. He said, okay, what do you have to give me? And they said, well, we'll give you our livestock. We'll, we'll give you our cattle. We'll give, we'll give you the herds that we have. We'll give them to you. And so they did. And he gave them their bread and you keep going. And they literally gave everything that they had, everything that they owned. And now all that they had left to give was themselves. And so they came and said, if you'll give us bread, we'll become your slaves. So notice Pharaoh never has to attack Israel. He never has to go and carry them into bondage. He never has to use one sword, one weapon. There's no military, there's no soldiers. Israel willingly gave themselves up to be enslaved by Pharaoh 430 years has gone by. So now you have generation after generation that has no clue of what freedom looks like. They don't remember what freedom looks like. They've never even seen freedom. And so God has to raise up Moses and Moses was the middleman. If you will, he was an Israelite but he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. So he's had a taste of freedom. And so God says to Moses, Hey, I want you to go. And I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I want you to teach my people about freedom. And so Moses hears God say this, here's God instructions to go and tell Pharaoh. Hey, we don't belong to you no more. You're not going to call the shots anymore. You don't have the final say anymore. I'm not going to live for you anymore. God's telling Moses, I need you to go tell Pharaoh that God wants his people free. And Moses, as you know, hears the instructions and immediately says, can I really do this? Why me? Who am I? So the first thing that happens to Moses is self-doubt the very first thing he experiences is there's no way I could possibly do this. Can I just encourage you real quick about something when it comes to serving God in any capacity that is, is beyond what maybe uh, you think that you should experience. Self-doubt is part of it. You should be scared to death. Whenever God calls you to do anything, you should be scared to death. You're like, no, 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 I shouldn't be scared. to death. Oh yeah. Yeah. You should. You should absolutely be scared to death. What that means when you're scared is it means that you're doing something meaningful. It means that you're doing something bigger than you. It means that you're doing something greater than you. Anytime I meet somebody and God wants to use them and they're overly confident thinking to themselves, oh, well, of course God would use me. I mean, uh, who else would God use? Of course, I am the candidate by which God should, you know, of, of all the people I've ever met, of course, I am the special one. God should use me. Something is off in that person. Your response should be more like Moses, like, no, God, you missed it. No, God, you made a mistake. No, God, your judgment is off today. I don't know what's going on, what happened, but, but somehow you need to reconsider because I don't think that I'm somebody you could use, should use is a normal response. It's a normal thing to be scared. You say, Marcus, are you scared when it comes to pastoring every single day? There's never a day. I'm not scared. Never a time I'm not going to bed and not doing this right here, mostly because I pastor you, but no, I'm, I'm, just I'm, just I'm just kidding. 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 I'm always scared. I'm always, always scared. I'm scared right now. I'm always scared. It means I'm doing something meaningful. Loving big is scary. Come on. Taking a risk is it's always scary. It's always, it's, it's always that way. Anything meaningful is scary. Marriage for example, do I got any scared married people here? <laughs> Marriage is scary giving your life to another human being, some scary stuff, right? Forgiving when you've been hurt. That's some scary stuff. Believing the best. When you see the worst, some scary stuff, right? What do you do when they hurt you? What do you do when they let you down? What do you do when they betray you? What do you do? What do you do when, when they're not who you thought they were? What do you do? It's scary. Keep that commitment. Is it not? What about the single folks here? That's some scary stuff too. Loneliness, being alone, not being loved maybe. That's scary too. Trusting that God will give you the right person. Not settling, that's some scary stuff. Raising kids in this crazy world. That's some scary, scary stuff. Why? Cause it's meaningful. You know what I've even found that people don't understand about church is it scary to be a part of a church. People leave churches and they blog about it and they Facebook about it. And they talk about, Oh, church is this church is that church hurt me and church did this. I'm not being insensitive, but what I'm saying is they didn't realize that church is scary. Giving your life and your heart to a cause bigger than you with flawed people That's some scary stuff, folks. Scary stuff. Well, I don't think it should be scary. Well, I appreciate what you're saying, but welcome to being a human being. It's scary. Being a part of what God is doing is, is scary. It's scary. I I see, you know, I'm not talking about the people who say that about this place because they're not here, but I'm going to talk to those of you who left another place and came here and, and you say things like this about the place that you just left. All right. So, so now you can say that about this place next, but this is the thing I I, I'll talk to you about because I'm going to talk to you about plaguing your Pharaoh. I'm going to talk to you about freedom. Christ has set you free for something. And it's not to be re entangled with these old attitudes, these old behaviors, these old, it's not, it's not what he saved you for, but people will will say things like, oh, well, they didn't love me. They didn't No one came after me. I don't they didn't reach out to me. They They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. Okay. Well, who is they first, right? Who is they? When someone says, oh, seven Hills didn't do this. Well, who is seven Hills? Who, who is they? Who is they? How many of you are used to getting personal phone calls from me? Okay. So am I, they, well, you didn't get a phone call, personal phone call when you were here. How you, how am I going to personally call you when you're not here? I don't know. You're like, well, you should know. Look around for a second. Okay. I'm not omnipresent. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? It's not my job. You say, well, well, they, they didn't, they didn't. Well, did you go to they? Did you talk to they? Did you tell they you were disappointed? Did you tell they that they were, let, they, they let you down? Did you tell they that you were hurting? Did you tell they you were scared? Did you, did you tell they, did you let they say, I'm sorry? Did you give they the benefit of the doubt? Did you let they make it right? Did, did you? I don't know. I'm not talking about seven hills. I'm talking about your, they, who was they? Did you talk? Do they have any clue? Oh, well, well, they should have just known how to come after me, run after me, call me because, because they should have known. Okay. 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 Well, maybe they didn't know. Maybe they thought you leaving was you not wanting them around. Maybe they thought they were respecting what you wanted by just letting you move on with your life. Right? Maybe they were just saying to themselves, "I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I did. They didn't let me know what I did. I just suddenly know that they are, I'm just talking to you. Church is scary folks. And a lot of people don't realize it's scary. I'm just helping you. I just want to help you. You don't have to like what I'm saying. You don't even have to agree with what I'm saying. I am telling you I've done this for 30 years. I have pastored for 25 years. It is scary. It's scary. It is scary. Anything meaningful is scary. You should doubt, you should question, you should hesitate. And now what happens is people will say, well, well, I'll slip into this church, but I'm not going to fully engage. I'm not going to fully engage, but I love the fact that God says to Moses, I want you to go confront the spirit of Pharaoh with four words. Let my people go seven times. Moses says those four words, let my people go. Seven times he goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. And what you find is over and over Pharaoh stood up, Pharaoh resisted, Pharaoh was unyielding. Pharaoh would not let God's people go. And the spirit of Pharaoh is still at work in our lives. You say, what is the spirit of Pharaoh at work against any decision that rejects immediate gratification for long-term growth, health and integrity, Pharaoh will be there to stand against it. Any act that derives from our higher nature, instead of our lower nature, Pharaoh will be there to resist you. Any call to freedom, any call to self-sacrifice, any call to saying, God, I'm going all in with you. Pharaoh, our personal Pharaoh, by the way, will be there standing in our way. Don't do that. Don't go that far. Pull back, give up, quit, withdraw. Don't push forward into the freedom that God has for you. And so Moses would obey God. Let my people go. And Pharaoh would say, no, let my people go. And Pharaoh would say, no. So there's a few things we can learn real quick about Pharaoh. And I'll go through these real quick. Number one, Pharaoh is predictable. The first time he says, let my people go is in Exodus chapter five. And the Bible says that he goes to the slave drivers and he says, you're no longer to supply the people with the straw that they need to make the bricks, but they have to go out and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks. Do not lower their quota. So Pharaoh is predictable. How Pharaoh, the spirit of Pharaoh works. Your personal Pharaoh will work is it will intensify an attack when God is in something. So they're out there making bricks, all the materials that they need to make the bricks are being supplied as long as they stay enslaved, as long as they stay bound and limited. But the second they start talking about freedom, the Pharaoh says, don't give them those materials anymore. I want you to put some pressure on them. I want you, I want you to intense the heat and intensify the heat on them. I, I want you to put more stress on them, more work on them, more weight on them because Pharaoh knows that if it gets too hard, most people don't like hard. Most people avoid hard. Most people see hard as bad. Hard is a negative Hard, hard is not something we easily embrace. And so Pharaoh orders the slave drivers, make it harder on them in Exodus chapter six, verse six through nine. God gives them seven. I wills, I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own. I will be your God. I will bring you into the land. I promise you, I will give it to you as your possession. And the Bible says they could not listen because of the harshness of the labor. They wanted to listen they desired to listen. Freedom sounded like a beautiful idea. It sounded like a glorious idea. It sounded like something they wanted, but the first thing the Pharaoh did to keep them bound was he said to the slave drivers, I want you to make it hard on them. And because of the harshness of the labor, they begin to give up. You see, it's an interesting thing that when people begin to serve God, Pharaoh is there, their flesh is there to shout. This is too hard. This is too much. This is, this is too much work, too much stress, too much. The, the world's going one way. And when you serve God, you're going upstream the other way. You're going cross current and it takes too much effort. takes too much energy. Just good. Just to jump in that lazy river of the world, right? And just let the current of the world and the current of culture carry you. But it's hard just to go cross current. It's hard to stand up for what God's word says. It's hard to be a person that lives what this book teaches. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. It's hard. But that's how you know God is in something. Is because Pharaoh will increase the attack. Pharaoh is like the alien and Terminator. He's like the shark in Jaws. He never stops. You can't reason with him. He has one goal, and that is to discourage you by increasing how hard it seems. Sometimes to pl- to serve God, sometimes it just seems so hard. And that's a spirit of Pharaoh. The second thing you learn about Pharaoh is Pharaoh can't be trusted in Exodus chapter 28, eight, verse 28 through 31. There's this moment where Pharaoh gets exhausted with dealing with Moses and the children of Israel. So he says, I will let you go. I'll let you go. You can go. So Moses gets ready. He gets excited. They're ready. They're going to go. And then the next day he says, nah, I'm not letting you go over and over. You see this back and forth with Pharaoh and God's people. I'll let you go. No, I won't let you go. I'll let you go. No, I won't let you go. You do. You don't. You do. You don't. You do. I'll let you go. I won't let you go because Pharaoh can't be trusted. Pharaoh will do anything. It has to say anything. It has to It will bully you. It will lie. It will perjure. It will accuse. It will do anything. It will take on any means necessary to deceive you. It'll reason with you. Like a lawyer, it'll stick a nine millimeter in your face, like a stick up man. It will do anything it has to because Pharaoh has no conscience. It'll pledge this thing to you. The second you turn your back, Pharaoh will double-cross you because it's a lying spirit. It cannot be trusted. On Sunday morning, you come to church and you know what? Sometimes you experience in a service like this. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Start to feel a little bit of freedom. Start to think to yourself, you know what? I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to delete that phone number. I'm not getting in that chat room no more. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go hang out with those people. No, I I actually think I'm going to, I'm going to. Go for better. I'm going to reach for higher. I think I'm going. I think I'm going to. But guess what? Monday's coming. Monday's coming, and that Pharaoh will be like, "No, you. No, you're not. No, you're not. You, you're not going to live. You're not going to let that go. You, you're, you're not. You're not going. I'm not releasing you from that bitterness. No, 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 no. Uh, no way. No way. And it keeps pulling you back. I'll let you go. No, I won't. Third thing you'll learn about Pharaoh is Pharaoh is all about compromise. In Exodus chapter ten verse 24. Pharaoh is kind of like, let's make a deal. What I'm going to do is show you something behind curtain. Number one, Moses and behind curtain. Number one is you can go, I'll let you leave, but leave your wife and your children behind. So behind curtain, number one, you know what the enemy does. Okay. You can go, you can be free, but your marriage is never going to be free your husband's never going to be free. Your children are never going to be free. Okay, fine. You can serve God, but your family is never going to be beside you with their hands lifted saying, I want all that God has. That's never going to happen. And can I tell you, that's Pharaoh making a deal with you. You can go, but your family can't go. Then you know what he says? Okay. 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 Uh, You can go, but leave your livestock and your wealth behind. You can go, but leave everything else behind. In other words, don't take your faith into your work week. Don't do that. Don't be a light at work. I'm not talking about preaching a Bible verse. I'm not talking about wearing a t-shirt that says turn or burn, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying that you, you maybe show up a little bit early, stay a little bit late. Maybe you actually just do what you say. Maybe you go the extra mile. Maybe you actually get along with people. Maybe you respect the people that are above you and the role that they play. Maybe you, maybe you show a little bit of sincerity to the people that are are under you or or work around you. I'm just, I'm just talking about maybe being consistent, maybe keeping your commitments. Uh, I'm just talking about, Hey, maybe, maybe being honest, maybe being truthful, maybe not cheating on your hours, maybe making sure the contract reads correctly or accurately. I'm talking about the devil and your Pharaoh do not want you to take your faith into your professional life. The enemy wants you to believe that they should be separate, but what you and I need to know is that's a spirit of Pharaoh. God wants to be in your Monday and your Tuesday. He wants to be in your professional life. He wants to be in your work life. He can't wait to be there. When you say, God, come with me today. If you don't go with me, I don't want to go. I need your favor today. I need your wisdom. Give me a spirit of understanding. Help me to have a, a, a way of, of getting along with people. You, you, Jesus, you grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. God, give me that same type of growth in my life. I want to grow in wisdom. Give me ideas. Give me solutions to problems. Help me to be a fixer, not a breaker. I wanna, give me some, I, I want to go in and actually add value to the place that I go because I want to be a light. I, I, I want you to go with me today. And And God wants to go with you, but a lot of times Pharaoh say, don't take God with you. Don't take God with you. Then Pharaoh definitely don't want you bringing your professional life, your work life and the fruit of your work life into God's house, right? That is to bless you. That's to bless your family, but Pharaoh is not going to ever let you bring the fruit of that, that God was in, that God opened doors and God made a way and God supernaturally blessed you. And God gave you the, and he did all that. He did all that. But then Pharaoh doesn't want you to come back and say, okay, now it's time to bless God's family. Pharaoh will never tell you to be generous. He wants you to separate your life out there from your life in here. It's the spirit of Pharaoh. You say Marcus, what are you, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say Pharaoh will never tell you. To be a giver, he'll never do. It. But what's what's Moses say? I'm not taking deal number one. I'm not taking deal number two. My wife's coming. My children are coming. My family's coming. And then he looks at Pharaoh and he says, "I will not leave one hoof behind." Think about this. In Leviticus, they said what you need to do with with the priests is you need to anoint you need to anoint three things. Anoint their ear. That's the thought life. Anoint the thumb. That's the work life and anoint the big toe. That's the walk life. You and I need God to anoint our thought life, our work life. And wherever we go, wherever I'm, wherever I'm walking, I need you with me. And this is what, this is what Moses said to Pharaoh. And this is what Pharaoh's goal. Don't let them take the livestock because when they get into the wilderness and they want to worship God, they won't have a sacrifice. And Moses said, I'm not going to go into the wilderness to worship God and not have a sacrifice to give him. And the enemy knows how to try to separate these things from us. It's a spirit of Pharaoh. Then Sparrow says, okay, fine. They're going to take their kids. Fine. They're going to take the life. They're going to t- do all that. I'll just tell them just to go a little ways out just a few days out, but don't go too far. In other words, behind curtain, number three. The enemy is so good at trying to teach you and I and tell you and I don't be too extreme. Don't go too far with this God stuff. I mean, don't give your time. Don't serve with your gifts. Just, just do a little, but don't, don't, don't go too far with it. But God's strategy is to always distance yourself significantly from any mindset that says, don't go too far distance yourself. God didn't want them to leave Egypt and just got to go hang out on the fringes. No, he had a, he had a place that was so far away from where they had previously lived. There's no way they could ever return to it. Can I help you out? You should put as much distance between you and the place or people that threaten the freedom that God's given you. And can I help you? I in my life to this day have to distance myself from places and people that have that spirit of Pharaoh trying to pull me back into slavery and say to me that that's freedom. No, I I, I grew up in the world. I know what the world looks like. That's not freedom. That's not where God wants me to live my life. He's called me to be free. So I need accountability. I need godly counsel. I need godly people in my life. I need people that will hold me to a higher standard. I need church. I need it. It's not optional to me. This is what freedom looks like, by the way. That's what freedom looks like yesterday. It's true story. I got to go quick now. True story. I spent six hours on the phone yesterday with a few different friends and you know, every phone call was about accountability. Every phone call was about what kind of pastors we want to be, what kind of husbands we want to be, what kind of fathers we want to be. And each and every call was us pushing each other up saying, let's not settle. Let's not fall into that compromise or that let's kick. Can can we just really be who we believe God's called us to be? say, well, that's good for you preacher. What about me? you know, I don't have to have all that. You absolutely have to have all that. If you're going to serve God in this hour, you need to have distance between you and the wrong people. Pharaoh is like a telemarketer. If you so much as say hello, you're finished. I don't know how your phone is. It's how my phone is. Now it, it shows that a telemarketer is calling It shows that it's a political call. You know what I'm talking about? Does your show that now? And what do you, what do you do? Decline. Well, you know what? That's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. Look, this is just Pharaoh trying to get you to compromise decline. Don't answer. Don't pick that up. Don't compromise that. Don't listen to that. Don't listen. Just decline. Ain't no good in that for you. Number four, Exodus chapter eight and verse 10 teaches us that Pharaoh is a procrastinator Your Pharaoh loves to procrastinate. What does he say? Can we talk about this tomorrow? I'll let you go, but tomorrow, someday. Pharaoh never says never, he says tomorrow. And he knows that tomorrow turns into 400 years, that procrastinating is a habit, that you can procrastinate your way to your deathbed. Pharaoh's saying, Why the rush? Why push it? always there talking you into tomorrow, the idea of tomorrow, because he knows, he knows tomorrow will turn into another day, another day, another day, another week, another month, another year on and on. Remember what Agrippa said to Paul, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost. I'm going to wait for a more convenient time the history books teach us a more convenient time never came for King Agrippa. He's wiped off the history books. He never found a more convenient time. It was a lie of Pharaoh, his flesh telling him there's a better time. Just wait. Just not the best time. Got some other stuff to take care of. Got, got some, this to do and that to do just not time to really serve God, not really time to go all that. And some people say this to me all the time. They say, you know, I'll I'll do it later. I'll serve God later in my life. I'm going to be like the thief on the cross who at the very end, I just give my life to Jesus. Well, first of all, you have to ask yourself which thief, because there were two of them. One made it one didn't. So you're saying you're going to take a 50, 50 chance with your soul? You're gonna play Russian roulette with your soul? A more convenient time? Procrastinate? Can I just help you out? Procrastination has cost us more lives than drugs, than heart disease, than terrorism. Thinking that a better time's gonna to come to serve God? No, there's not a better time. The Bible says right now is the day. Today. Pharaoh says, come on, put it off. God's never going to say, put it off. Today's the day right now is your time. Don't procrastinate. The fifth thing that we learn is Pharaoh never stops chasing Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17 says that when Pharaoh let the people go, he did not let them go the road. Through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. God said, if they face war, they're gonna change their mind and return to Egypt. So, this is what God knows. And this is what you have to know Pharaoh's never gonna stop chasing. So, God takes the children of Israel out of Egypt, He takes them on this long route, gets them all the way to the Red Sea mountains on one side cliffs and canyons on the other. So they start turning around and there the Egyptian army comes closing in on them. They have nowhere to go. They have no option. And they look at Moses and they say, it would have been better. Had we never left Egypt because now Pharaoh's chasing us. Now Pharaoh's going to get us. Now Pharaoh's going to destroy us. We're going to be buried out here in the desert. It would have been better. Had we never Left Egypt. Pharaoh never stops. Every single day you wake up, Pharaoh is going to be there. Every, you say, no, 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 God drowned Pharaoh in the Red Sea. His physical body, but you go across the Red Sea and you just go a little couple miles into the the the, the wilderness further, right? And they run into the bitter waters. And what do they do? They're complaining against. Well, been better for us to be back in Egypt. They don't have no bread to eat. God gives them manna. They're complaining about the manna. God gives them meat. They're complaining about the. It's like God. They need this. They need that. It's like they're ne- they're always talking about Egypt because they didn't learn Pharaoh will never stop chasing you. Pharaoh never sleeps. Pharaoh never takes a day off. Pharaoh never takes a vacation every single day. Our our Pharaoh, the resistance, something in you that wants to resist what it is that God is calling you to the freedom that God is calling you to will be there every single day. He never stops chasing. Never. Every single day we wake up and we've got to go to battle every single day so I love this part of the story as we wrap up, because when Pharaoh says, no, he says, no, I'm not letting you go. God said, I want you to tell him the plagues are coming. I want you to tell him I'm going to plague him and plague him and plague him and plague. I want, I want you to let that Pharaoh know the word plague means this to continually torment, to chronically annoy. I love that. I want you to tell Pharaoh that I'm going to chronically annoy him. That's what I want you to tell him. Every day Pharaoh's there. Guess what? Every day a new plague's coming. A new plague's coming. I won't let you go. It don't matter. Just making it hard on yourself. Just making it hard on you because I know how to plague my Pharaoh. You know, watch how God goes to crazy extremes. He sends flies, gnats. How many of y'all hate gnats? I mean, gnats here are not as bad as Kansas, where I grew up. Maybe it's the dry heat, but gnats there are a little bit bigger and they're sw- they, they, and swarmed. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Gia, right? My little niece over there? Like, gnats are terrible there. They're, they're just horrible. Just, I mean, they're the most annoying thing. Fly, this morning I almost got in a car wreck because one fly was in my truck. <laughs> annoying. The peace of Jesus out of me just one little fly. just one fly, one fly. God said, I'm sending the plague. I'm going to send a plague of flies. I'm going to send a plague of gnats. I'm going to send the plague of darkness that they can feel darkness. They can feel, I don't know what kind of darkness that is, but they can feel it. Darkness. I'm, I'm going to take out the livestock. I'm going to take out the firstborn. I'm going to send locusts. I'm just going, I'm, I'm going to plague them with frogs. I'm sending them frogs. God, what, this is what God's saying. I don't fight fair. God's teaching us when you deal with Pharaoh, don't fight fair. You don't fight fair. Don't let that Stockholm syndrome get a hold of you where you start playing nice with the Pharaoh that enslaved you. You start thinking, oh, he wasn't that bad. It's not that bad. You know, it's got, you know, there's reasons for my Pharaoh coming up like this and resisting me and stopping me and pushing me back and pulling me back. No, no, no. You don't, you don't, you don't play like that with Pharaoh. God taught us how to fight Pharaoh. And that is you have to plague him. And I just want to take a second and talk to you about some of those things you think that you can't get free from. Have you plagued that thing? Have you plagued it? Have you plagued your Pharaoh? Have you made a decision? I'm going to, I'm going to chronically annoy you. I'm going to continually torment you. How do you do it? You came to church today. You know what you were doing? You were plaguing the enemy. That's what you were doing. Don't nobody's flesh want to get up and come to church. Don't nobody's flesh want to come and serve in church. Don't nobody's flesh want to get up at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning and go sit up there in Anderson uh, High School. Don't nobody's flesh want to do this stuff. No, no, Nobody, but the second you woke up, you got ready. You got the kids ready. You came to church. You drove. You put in the gallons of gas. You came through the doors. You walked in. You worship. You listened to the word. You given an hour and 16 minutes. My Lord, I preach way too long. And all this, you know what's happening? You are plaguing your Pharaoh. You are chronically annoying your flesh. Your flesh don't like to be in God's house. Your flesh don't like to worship God. Your flesh don't like to praise God. Your flesh don't like to clap and shout and tell God that he's good and tell God that he's faithful and tell God you believe even in the midst of struggle and trouble and trial that he's going to come through and that he is who he said he is and he can do what he says he can. Your flesh don't like that. When you do this, you are it's a plague. That's a plague right there. That's, that's sending gnats to, to the enemy. That's sending flies to the enemy. You know what you're doing right now is we praise God. It's sending frogs. Why? Cause God don't fight fair. <laughs> Pharaoh doesn't just let us go brick by brick. You're building his kingdom. Every time you read your Bible, You're plaguing Pharaoh. Oh, you're continually tormenting your flesh when you read this book. I'm getting his word, I'm gonna get in his word, I'm gonna get in his word. You're plaguing your Pharaoh. Every time you pray, you're like, oh, it's just a just a few minutes. Just a few minutes, just talking to God. It's no big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal. You're plaguing your Pharaoh. Flies buzzing. Gnats, locusts, just darkness, just just shutting the enemy out when you pray. That's what's happening when you fast. What's the big deal? Every January we fast for 21 days and what, what what's going on? We're annoying our Pharaoh, plaguing our Pharaoh. Every time you show mercy, every time you show forgiveness, every time you stay humble, every time you show kindness, every time you elevate to that higher place that God called you to, that's the freedom that Christ set you free for. That's why he saved you to live up here, not to live down here. But Pharaoh's gonna be there. You know, I thought it was interesting that God told Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, but if you don't, plague's coming. The plague came from God but the announcement came from Moses. So maybe that's what we're supposed to do. Maybe just talking for a second, not making this theology, making this an idea behind how Moses saw freedom come. Maybe you just have to tell your flesh, God's going to plague you. Maybe you just have to tell your flesh. I make a commitment today that you're not going to have the say anymore. I'm not serving you. I don't belong to you. It's the addiction. It's the bitterness. It's the lust. It's that wrong relationship. It's whatever that is. I'm going to plague you. I'm going to plague you. I'm going to plague you. I'm going to shut you out. I'm going to let God torment you. And I love the end of the story. The Bible says that Pharaoh called Moses up and said, I don't want to ever see your face again. You can go, just go take your wife, take your kids, take your lifestyle. Matter of fact, matter of fact, this is true. You can read the story if you want. Pharaoh got so tired of the plagues that he said, not only can you take everything that you got, but anything else you want. And the Egyptians were there giving them their gold, their wealth, gave them their American express. I I don't know, gave them their checkbook, gave them their bank account. They're just saying, get out of here. I'm being cute with this. Freedom is possible. Your Pharaoh is not something you have to stay submitted to for the rest of your life. Maybe it's been generations in your family and you've never seen freedom for generations. Just that grip of the enemy has been on your family. That grip of depression, that grip of discouragement, that grip of apathy, that grip of indifference, that grip of negative. My grandma was negative. My mama's negative. I'm just negative. I'm Irish. We're just mean. We just, just like to fight just mean. just, just all these different things. We say, we don't know what freedom looks like, but you don't have to stay. Four words, let my people go. Can't you just see Pharaoh loosing his grip on your family? Can't you just see Pharaoh loosing his grip on that addiction? Can't you see it? If you'll plague him. He's got to let you go. If you'll continually plague the enemy eventually, he's going to pull his hands back and say, okay, they got to go. They got to go. They got to go. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.